This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Voices of Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton, and Mike Duffy. We're back again. Uh, we're back after our uh, last episode, Mike, was with Christian Ap- uh, Cabaselli, wasn't it? Um, we, we had the pleasure of interviewing a current Watford player, our first ever on Voices of Vic. We've done previous uh, ex-players before, but Christian Cabaselli was the first um, Watford player we could actually interview, current playing squad, which was fantastic experience for you and me. Um, but w- in our last episode, we-, we said about how we had exciting things coming up, but we, we didn't want to jinx it. And at that point, we did know we was interviewing Cavaselli, didn't we, Mike? But we just, we wanted to tell you guys so much, but we couldn't actually um, say anything as, you know, things can happen and things fall fall out because we was actually going to interview him last season as well weren't we Mike but yeah. then things happened and we couldn't interview him so thankfully Watford gave us the time to um, speak to Cavaselli and if you're not checked it out go go over to our YouTube page or watch our latest video Cavaselli it was about half an hour long but really good content there um, Mike firstly how are you and what an experience to like, speak to Cava and what, what a great guy yeah um, he was absolutely top like uh, top top draw we knew he'd be a nice guy. You see what he's like on social media. You see videos through his uh, Watford social media as well. And you get the vibe that he's a nice guy. He's English, by the way. He's superb. Um, yeah. But at the same time, you'd sort of expect that from a player that's been here for six years. But still, you tend to find some have the odd um, language barrier. But his English was better than mine. So um, <laughs> it, it was really, really good. Well, yeah, no, it's not good. But, yeah, no, I'm all good, mate. Um, I've got that football feeling back because I've actually booked to go to Birmingham away. Um, you guys booked on, I think you booked on, when it was it Tuesday when the tickets yeah, came yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, I'm, um, I'm Cat A, so I was able to get it straight away. And you, you're Cat C or something, so you had to yeah, wait a little bit longer, I've dropped you? down. I've not been going as much recently, so I've dropped down That's to right. Cat C. Uh, but I managed to get a seat next to, to Ben and our mate Chris as well, so... Looking forward to that. So, if anyone's watching this and you're going, drop us a DM and we'll we'll, we'll meet up if we can. And uh, I'll be there early doors because I'm I've got the day off, so I'll be there early doors. So, if you're in Birmingham, early doors. You'll be there when the pubs open. Exactly. Yeah. If you're in Birmingham early doors on Tuesday and you're like, hmm, what do I, what what shall I do? Drop us a DM. I'll see you. <laughs> but yeah, buzzy mate, really- buzzy to be back. I'm really looking forward to it. It's, uh, when I when I said on Twitter about it, it was my first away game for for a couple of years. The last away game I went to was back in 2020 when we was in the Premier League. It was Aston Villa away in back in January. Watford one 0 up and then we lost in the last minute, didn't oh, we? Oh God, I was there. Uh, and then and then since then I've I've had my little girl, so I couldn't afford to go. I was getting married, couldn't afford to go. But now. Um, I still basically can't afford to go now, but I've said uh, enough's enough. I need to do it in the away game. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting back into the away ends. But, yeah, um, we are back for a preview of the Sheffield United game. The season starts on Monday at Vickery Road. It's live on Sky Sports. 
we got Sheffield United coming to town. Um, going to be a really tough game against Sheffield United. They lost in the playoff semi-final last year. Um, lost to Nottingham Forest on penalties. And Nottingham Forest, we know, went on to get promoted in the end after beating Huddersfield Town. Um, so we're back to... We've actually got a special guest coming on later on. We've got a Sheffield United fan joining us halfway through this episode. Um, so he's going to pop up in the waiting room. Uh, me and Mike will wrap up what we're talking about with Watford and then we'll introduce him and then we're going to talk to him about the Sheffield United game. Get the inside of what's happening at Bramwell Lane, who they've brought in this season, their hopes for the seasons and we'll get a few predictions as well to try and... Um, well, throw him under a bus, basically, Mike, isn't it? That's what we normally do. Um, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see what he says. Uh, but yeah, first, it's been a busy old week or so at Watford. It, it, it's been kind of quiet. Maybe the last few days it's picked up. Um, not many announcements that have happened. But for one announcement that have happened, Mike, is um, Kiko Femenia. He has left Watford to join Spanish side Villarreal uh, on a permanent transfer. I think the, tr- the fee is believed to be £850,000. Um, he signed a three-year deal um, with Villarreal. Uh, Kiko made 151 appearances in a five-year st- a stay at Vicarage Road. Um, it, it, it is a sad to see the back of him, Mike. Um, but maybe it's time for him to move on. I understand he's had family issues back over in Spain. Um, maybe it's time to look for a different right wing back. Um, he has been good for us. He's been a brilliant servant, but at times he has maybe struggled and he's been picking up a lot of injuries lately as well. So do you reckon it's the best decision all round really to just let Kiko leave? Yeah. Um, although I think he would have been a good asset to have this season, um, at right wing back, you know, especially cause we're, we're in the market for one. He would have been good. We saw what he did last season. Well, sorry, the last time we were in the championship, him and Saar down that right-hand side were, were unstoppable at times and he was a real breath of fresh air. Uh, however, we are playing a new system to what we did last time in the championship. But I think you're right, Ben. I think it, it is the right time for both parties. You know, he's, as you mentioned, he's got personal uh, problems going on over in Spain. So he's going to want to stay over there. I believe his wife's pregnant with a, another child. They've lived over in Spain for the duration of his time at Watford, if I'm not mistaken. Um, funnily enough, I was watching back some of the old... Um, I'll get slated for this now, but I was watching back some of the old uh, cycling GK GoPro in the goals, and I was watching Nottingham Forest one, and Ben Foster said that Kiko missed the birth of his child. And I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Nottingham Forest away yeah, yeah. in lockdown. Um, and, yeah, uh, he played... And he missed the birth of his child. So, you know, real servant. I think Charlie Zazera said only Troy's scored, uh, only Troy's assisted more than Kiko Feminier in the in the time frame. Um, and as you say, he's been here for so long. And um, I'm gutted he's going, but right move for the right parties. Look, he's 31. He's not getting any younger. People are probably moan about the fee. But we let's be real. He's, he had two years left on his contract. As I say, 31. We're not going to be getting big books for him. Let him move. Don't get in the way of whatever the personal problems are. And, you know, it's not been announced as of yet, but we've got Villarreal's captain who, it sounds like, if we can get the best out of him, then we've got one hell of a player on our hands. Yeah, definitely. We'll get on to that next. I uh, just want to say um, Caroline's popped up and said, great to have you guys back and looking forward to the new season. Thanks for watching tonight, Caroline. She's also gone on to say, um, how do you think we'll fare this season? Uh, we'll answer that a bit later on, Caroline, um, when the Sheffield United fans on. Um, but yeah, thank you for watching tonight. Um, Mike, yeah, you've just mentioned it. Um, there is a gentleman coming over from Villarreal, um, goes by the name of Mario Gaspar. Um, he is set to join Watford. He's actually been with Watford since, I think he came over for his medical on Sunday. He's been training with the first team since Monday. And if you're eagle-eyed, you might have spotted him in the background when Sky Sports went to the training ground um, and he was in the background there in the whole Watford training kit. Um, so he is set to be announced soon. Um, he's, he's coming in on a two-year contract, we're led to believe. He's made over 400 appearances for Villarreal, like Mike says. He was a captain over there as well. He's got three caps for Spain. He scored two goals for Spain. One of the goals, an absolute cracker. Uh, overhead kick on the edge of the box. 
over the top of um, Jordan Pickford. But then again, Jordan Pickford's only got small arms, hasn't he? So you can see why he loved that over him. Um, but there's, I think there's been a bit of negativity about this signing, Mike, purely because we've we've let Kiko go. We know we've, we're happy to see Kiko go on because of what's going on with his family problems and all that. But um, bringing in someone else who's 31 years of age, I think people have moaned about the age. But if if, if I'm serious, I, no. Do you think it's fair to write him off before he's kicked a ball just because of his age? It's never fair to write anyone off, regardless of you know the, the circumstances. He's a new player. He might come over, he might be great. He might come over, he might be shit. You know, we don't know that before a ball's kicked. You have to get behind these players. How many people would have said... In fact, I'll tell you what, Ben. I saw a... When you tweeted that goal, um, the, 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 the goal that Gaspar scored against England, uh, someone... I can't remember his name now. I wish I did remember his name. Someone replied to that tweet saying something like, uh, another unknown player uh, or, or something along those lines, basically saying that, we're signing a player that no one's heard of, what he hadn't heard of, and he was pissed off at that. And I felt like replying back to him, well, had you heard of Igalo before he joined? And look what Igalo did for us. Had you heard of Vidra before he joined? Who, who did, yeah, who who even would have heard, unless you're you know a diehard sort of football fan, who even would have heard of Troy Deeney before he joined? I certainly didn't know who Troy was before he joined Watford. I'd never heard of him at Walsall. So the, the, this narrative of, not knowing them uh, before they join or writing them off before they join. It's just stupid. Like, if he's crap, then yeah, we'll come back on here in a few months and say what a terrible decision that was. But give him a chance. You know, you, you're not captain of Villarreal for as long as he's been. I think he's been at Villarreal for like 10 plus years as well. They don't keep players like that sticking around, playing as many games as he do, if you mm. crap. Because they've always been up there in La Liga whether it's fighting for Champions League, Europa League, um, you know, they've always been there. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm, I'll back him. I think the fact uh, that the the news that broke tonight, Ben, which I'm sure is on your list about us um, in contact with Man United about Ethan Laird, he's a, a right-back by trade. I think the fact that we're still looking in the area says to me that maybe Gaspar's not going to be week in, week out, and he's someone to have around the place. If he's captain of Villarreal, that's going to bring some brilliant experience in the changing room as well as on the pitch. So, yeah, absolutely, I 100% back him like I will any new player that comes in. And to be written off early doors because of his age or whatever, load of rubbish. Load a load of rubbish, in my opinion, Ben. Do you know what it says to me? It says to me that they don't fancy Jeremy and Gakia. Mm. If they're looking to sign two yeah. right backs or right wing backs, it, it says to me that. We've not seen him feature much during preseason, have we? He's featured in a couple of games, but he, he by now he'd be featuring more starting games, and he's not been doing that. And it just says to me that he doesn't fancy Ngakia, and he, he thinks Ethan Laird is is going to be better. Um, and I don't also, think be, he fits the right wing back mould. More of a right back, isn't he? Exactly. Yeah. Because we've we've seen his stats before when he's performed back in the championship, it, it was absolutely brilliant with his tackles and interceptions, and it he, he was top of the charts, wasn't he? But the the, the role demands a bit, little bit more under Rob Edwards, doesn't it? And I don't think he does fit that mould. Um, but also, don't you get a bit of Marco Cassetti vibes with uh, maybe mm -hmm. Mario Gaspar coming in as well? My old man said that. My, my brother put a screenshot, that screenshot you mentioned, if you were eagle-eyed, you'd have seen him on Sky Sports. He put that screenshot in the group chat we've got. And my old man went, uh, said, we've re-signed Cassetti. Uh, but yeah, you do get those vibes, you know, season pro, Italian. Uh, I don't know if his beard is as good as Cassetti's, but listen, um, he's, he, he's, um, he's not Italian. I don't know why I said He's not Italian, he's, he's Spanish. So ignore that, why I said that. But he's um he's 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 a seasoned pro, you know, he's hopefully he's the same mould. But I think the experience he'll bring um is a is a key part. And I'm getting the impression as well, many people will disagree with me on this, but I'm getting the impression that Rob's sort of implementing his style. You can sort of see what he's trying to do with the team already. I heard a lot of good things coming out of the Southampton game, regardless of the result. Uh, and I just get the impression that if Rob didn't fancy him as a as a character, as a player, 
then Rob would say no. We've seen the article through um, um, Andrew French. It sounds like Rob is getting the, the, the last say on things. If he wants a player, they will go and negotiate with him. If he doesn't want a player, they will leave it. So Rob's not going to be like, they're not going to say to Rob, oh, Rob, by the way, we've got Mario Gaspar, uh, captain of Villarreal, we'll bring him in. And Rob's not going to be like, oh, don't want him, don't care, you're having him. So it sounds like the hierarchy is changing their stance on how it may have been previously with transfers. Well, we've seen that the hierarchy are wanting to change their ways of what's happened in the past, aren't they? Uh, which will be interesting to see if they stick to their word. But yeah, another fantastic article from Andrew French. And he's really brought Watford Observer back to life. And it's the content is absolutely superb. And it is, is asking those hard-hitting questions. Mm-hmm. And that's what you expect from a top-quality journalist as well. And it, it's just refreshing that, I think we've struggled over the years where we haven't really got proper sources at the club. Um, we've relied heavily on Adam Leventhal and he's been absolutely brilliant, but we've not had our local newspaper bringing us Kevin that information. Affleck, I think, was probably the, the last one. Yeah, he, exactly. He, he, he was the last home. one. Mm. He was brilliant. Um, but now it's great to see the Watford Observer being live and kicking again and, and going to them for information and actually trusting their information now. Uh, before you would see things and it's a bit like, oh, come on. Uh, but now, you know what we observe is saying, it's 100% true. And it, it's just so refreshing. And uh, Yeah, Andrew French, hats off. And congratulations on getting the role permanently as well. Um, well deserved. Um, so I've also seen, Mike, before we came on air as well, that Watford have put a £35 million euro price tag on Ismail Assar. Um, that was maybe about 30 minutes before we came live on air. So I've not actually seen what the source is, but I saw the WD18 boys pop it out. So uh, cheers for putting that out, boys. Um, Mike, high figure, isn't it? And I I can't see Watford getting that for him. Now, I I was saying to you before we came on air, maybe if he starts the season very well, goes off to a World Cup, performs really well at the World Cup, maybe we might get that kind of offer then. Is is, is you tending to lean towards that as well? Yeah, he didn't put himself in good stead last season. I know he had injuries and whatnot, but even when he come back, he just seemed a bit sort of reluctant to to sort of go into any challenges or really try, to be honest. I think, you know, the the question that we're doing a lot of media stuff with other podcasts and everything, and it's that time of year, and the same question that we keep getting asked is, is Saar and Dennis going to stay? And I think out of the two, Saar's the more likely to stay, if I'm honest. And uh, I, it's good to hear, by the way, that both of them are happily training. No one's throwing their toys out the pram. Dennis has been known for his, you know, behaviour and his discipline before. And he could very easily be like, nah, Sodgers, like, you're down now. I'm training on my own. Find me a new club. I want to out of here. But from what we've heard, it sounds like he's happily training with the lads. Um, if he plays on Monday, he plays on Monday. He's just waiting for that transfer to go through, hopefully, for him. But yeah, um, so it's a lot of money to ask. It's 20, 29.3 million uh, sterling. So to get almost 30 million for Saar, I think it's a big ask. I what for doing it on purpose, probably. Uh, but let's just hope Saar has the same attitude as he did a couple of seasons ago when he could have jumped ship and stayed in the Premier League with Liverpool and played in Champions League. He stayed with us, knuckled down and just said that he wants to get on and play football. So... If we can keep him to at least January, I think he will be a very, very important player for us. Uh, we saw what he did in the Championship last time, and I think he'd only echo that this time around as well. Yeah, and I think it's it's out of the one or two that's maybe, yeah, out of the two, I think him and, this, and uh, Emmanuel Dennis, I think one of them will leave now, and maybe we might keep the other one for the rest of the season. And it looks mm-hmm. like, the club is expecting an offer to come in still for Emmanuel Dennis. Emmanuel Dennis expects an offer to come in still. I'm not totally sure who's going to come in. Um, I think Forrest. I think he'll go to Forrest. They're splashing the cash. They are. The, their chairman's really backing them. And he, he said if they get to the Premier League, he's going to back them. And he's certainly done it now. They've definitely made a statement this season. Um, do, you, do you reckon it's going to be... Um, Emmanuel Dennis is going to be here at the end of a transfer window. I'm fully expecting him to start the Sheffield United game, by the way. But do you think he's going to he'll leave in this transfer window? I think he'll leave before the end of this transfer window. Yes, yeah, sorry, 
I was trying to get my bearings with what transfer in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 100%, I think he will. Um, and in the comments there said Dennis to Newcastle. Yeah, uh, I'd have said Everton as well, possibly, but I know that they're a, a little bit strapped for, for the cash. I know they've just signed McNeil, so whether that sort of spells the end of their transfer spending, I don't know. Uh, Newcastle's a good shout. Whether they might go someone bigger, uh, they've got the money to. Uh, but I could just see him at, well, before West Ham signed that bloke that they did from uh, Sassuolo, I could just see him at West Ham. But I think Forrest mm. will, will be the ones that uh, he ends up at. And I think they'll pay the, the, the price asked for him as well. I think, if put it this way, if you look at both pro, um, sort of asking prices for both of them, I think they said sort of anywhere between 20 to 25. I know you've yeah. just said the price tag for Saar, but I think before that news broke, they'd have said 20 to 25 million for like either of them. I think we'd be closer to reaching that figure with Emmanuel Dennis than we would Israel Saar. Uh, but yeah, I can see him leaving before the end. And um, yeah, I, could, I can see him playing against... Um, against Sheffield United. Hopefully a couple of others we can maybe squeeze out of him, but I can definitely see him Sheffield United at least. Well, someone who is set to be leaving Watford, it looks like a loan move's developed today, is um, Quadro Bar. He looks like he's on the verge of joining German second division side, Fortuna, uh, Dusseldorf. Um, so that, that'll probably be good experience for him. I was looking Absolutely. at this, when I heard that earlier, I was like, I can see why they're looking to loan him out. I think a valuable loan spell to a Good competitive league in Germany, very similar to English football. I think it will do him a world of good. And looking at the Watford squad as well, I'm like, I don't see where he's going to get many minutes in this squad. Um, even coming off the bench, I, I would want to bring on other players ahead of him. So I think the loan spell is actually perfect for him, really, uh, Mike. Yeah, and don't forget as well, Not it, people might not know this, but um, Dusseldorf are, are sort of one of the favourites to go back up to the Bundesliga. It, when football it's Dusseldorf who we sold uh, Lubacchio to? Uh, Luke Lubacchio did go there. He's now at Hertha yeah. Berlin, uh, but he yeah, did yeah. go to Fortuna Dusseldorf, yeah. So Dusseldorf, when football restarted, before the Premier League came back uh, with no fans, it was the German football that come back because remember that craze? Everyone was like watching German football for the first Everyone time. Everyone picked the German side to support. Exactly. I think <laughs> ours was Mainz because we were twins. Watford's twinned with Mainz. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Dusseldorf were fought in a relegation battle and they haven't been back up since. Um, so, he's going to be in a team who are fighting for promotion. And also as well, not many people might know this, but they're actually two games into their season already. So Dusseldorf okay. have won both of their games. So, you know, they're third on a, on goal difference. So they're going to be up there fighting for promotion. And that's what you want. You want one of your young lads to go out and loan to a team who are fighting for promotion. I think we saw the opposite effect with Dolberg, where he had two loan spells and ultimately both teams ended up getting relegated. So, you know, that that's not good for a player's confidence. Whereas Quadro Bar is back in his homeland of Germany in a team fighting for promotion. It sounds like a match made in heaven, Ben. It really does. And another one who's rumoured to leave, and I think Andrew French actually broke this news um, on Sunday after the game against Southampton. He, he wasn't involved. Um, it was Samir, um, our only left-footed centre-back. He is looking to head back to Italy. Um, and Watford are already looking... Um, options for him to head over there but it doesn't look like it's going to be Undanese they have Andrew French did say that and Monza as well I think they was rumoured with him but they've said that he won't be joining to a newly promoted side Monza um, it is a blow to be losing him Mike he did okay last season a championship would have suited him better I think this season uh, he would have done really well in my opinion but Watford are looking for a new left-footed centre-half in Andrew French's um, article today, he, he said that with his interview with Scott Duxbury saying that um, they've found two homegrown left-footed centre-backs that Rob Edwards have highlighted and Rob Edwards has said, I want you to pursue this um, centre-back. So he, Scott Duxbury said that he's working on a deal to try and bring that in, but It'll be interesting to see who that is because we really need that left-sided centre-back for that balance in that back three, don't we, Mike? Yeah, it's so key. If you play a back three, you need a left-footed centre-back in that back three, 100%. I think the fact alone that he's a left-footed centre-back 
is going to kill us more than anything, regardless of how he played last season or how he might fit into the structure uh, in the championship. Just the fact that he's left-footed, it will be a massive miss. Some of the names, Courtney House from Villa, um, Matt Clark, who's um, been at West Brom. He won player of the season, the last two loan spells he's been. Um, so, you know, some promising names. Um, and as you say, uh, Andrew French said today that we are in talks with one person and who that may be, we don't know, but hopefully they come in not too long after Monday. Because I think whoever comes in now, they're not going to play Monday. I know that might sound yeah. like a ridiculously obvious thing to say, but people, you know, need to be realistic. So, yeah, as long as we go out there and get another left-sided centre-back, hopefully it's Courtney Hawes from Villa and uh, he can twist Cameron Archer's arm into coming as well because... Stephen Gerrard, the, the Birmingham Mail put a link out the other day saying that um, Villa are basically saying that um, Cameron Archer's available for loan now because they had him for the pre-season because they didn't know whether he was going to be in and around the first team plans. They've seen what he's done. He's scored a few goals for him, and now they've said, no, we'll, we'll let him go out on loan. So, fingers crossed, it's uh, it's him that we uh, end up picking up. We've, um, we'll just go very quickly over the next couple of two because our guest is in the waiting room waiting to join us. Um, our Sheffield United uh, opposition podcast is waiting. Um, Nick, it is. Um, so it won't be much longer for you um, to, to see him. Um, one guy who has joined us, Watford, is Ben Hamer. He joins on a two-year deal um, after his contract ended at Swansea City. Um, thoughts on that? Definitely an upgrade on Rob Elliott. Yeah, happy, you know, risk, no risk. Um, you, you said he was on a free, um, n- not a problem. Plenty of experience at this level. Um, and yeah, he's, he's look, he's, he's barely going to be called upon, really. If Backman's injured, it's going to be Okoye, um, Okoye sorry, uh, and then he'll be second fiddle to Okoye, I assume. Uh, so we might see him in Carabao or, Le- uh, or the FA Cup. I don't know, but Solid, solid um, addition to have. Sometimes those those sort of players can be key behind the scenes as opposed to on the pitch as well. And if if he was called into action, look, you, we all, as Watford fans, we always cast our minds back to that game against Leeds on the final day where the Almunia got injured in the warm up, Jonathan Bong then got injured, and then it was Jack Bonham. So we've got three solid goalkeepers now in the Championship. So if any of them were called upon. I'd be more than uh, more than relaxed with any of them going in goal. So yeah, solid signing, no problem at all. Yeah, it really strengthens strengthens that goalkeeping area. And yeah, like you say, I'd be very happy for any of them to really take the sticks this season. I'd feel comfortable um, more so than I would if Rob Elliott took this a, a game this season. Um, but yeah, let's get our guest in. Um, We've already got a, a, a quick little message from a Sheffield United fan. So thank you for watching tonight. Up the blaze has messaged and said hi. So hi and welcome to the voice of the Vic. Um, we'll bring in your um, podcast um, now. It is Nick and he is joining from Chef United Way. Um, just adding him into the stream now. Here he wow, is. Sheffield United Way, you got it right straight away. Yeah. Normally people say Sheffield United Way. It's like, no, that is not what we are. <laughs> I, I made sure I, I made a note as well because I, normally I would make that mistake. But yeah, Nick, thank you so much for joining us tonight, mate. I've, I mean, you just finished recording yourself, haven't you? Yes, we've just done um, some tra- uh, transfer championship predictions. Sorry for the uh, for the new season. So trying to make it a bit more championship um, uh, content rather than just Sheffield United because. Uh, yeah, try and get more inclusive. But no, it's it's obviously mostly a Sheffield United channel. Here I am wearing a Sheffield United shirt and uh, <laughs> I'm very, very excited for this season. Yeah, well, um, I, I'm sorry to bring it back to last season, uh, but you just missed out narrowly in the playoffs last season to Nottingham Forest. That must have hurt. It did, but not as much as the season before. Uh, last season was a massive, massive improvement on not winning for 17 games so uh so yeah it was it was a tough way to to kind of um finish the season but we won the game we kept we, we've never won an away game in the playoffs before so we, we showed that we had the bottle to come back we were losing in the game we came back to to win the game 2-1 we missed loads and loads of clear-cut chances it was our game for the taking 
and uh, we just couldn't take our chances. We didn't have the experience on the pitch to take those chances when we needed to. Um, Billy Sharp, if he'd have been on the end of any of those, he'd have put it in the back of the net, but he was injured, unfortunately, and he's going to be injured for this game too. But, um, yeah, obviously we lost on penalties. Um, I think that if we'd have beaten Forrest in that semi-final, obviously penalties is an absolute kind of toss of a coin. And um, yeah. I think if we'd have won that, I think we'd have gone up and I wouldn't be talking to you right now. But... It wasn't to be, I think it's going to be a much harder championship than it was last season. There was only two teams that really were consistent enough and those two finished first and second. Uh, I don't actually think Bournemouth were that good, um, but they, like I said, were consistent all the way through, uh, had a little bit of a hiccup towards the end of the season. But we started really poorly under Slavisi Kanovic, as you guys uh, know already, and, um, and, and obviously had to pull the trigger and bring in Paul Heckingbottom, Forrest did the same thing. Forrest struggled early on, but they managed to kind of get their act together a little bit quicker than us. Um, and uh, but yeah, it's it's all gone now. It's it's on to the next season. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched that um, Forrest. I, I love watching the playoffs when we're not involved. You'll probably agree. <laughs> it's horrible probably isn't it when you're involved. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I personally think if it weren't for Samba, I think you'd have won that quite easily. That uh, that game, he was incredible that night. But obviously, you know it hurt. You, we've we've been there before, losing the playoffs. Um, just turning attention to this season. Um, have you made Have you made any signings at all, or uh, have, have you pretty much stuck with the same squad from last season? Well, we've made four signings. We've not we've not gone mad. We've not signed. Eight, nine, ten players. Um, we've got rid of the dead wood, the players that were on big money um, and didn't do a lot or were injured all the time. So we've got rid of those. We've brought in uh, a Bosnian centre-back who is very, very well regarded. Um, Chelsea were after him a couple of years ago, uh, only for, I think it was three million in the end as well. It sounds like a steal. Uh, looks like he's perfect to eventually replace Chris Basham at right centre-back. He's been... Um, one of our mainstays for, for a very, very long time. We all love Chris Basham. Um, he may even play left centre-back. He's called Arnel Ahmed Hodzic. So I hope <laughs> I've got that right. It's, it's a difficult one. I think we're going to call him an L. I think we're going to call him an L. I think that's uh, the easiest way of, uh, of dealing with it. Uh, we've also signed Tommy Doyle um, from Man City on loan. He was at, Crystal, uh, he was at uh, Cardiff City last season. Had a very, very good season. I think he was towards the top of the chance creation uh, midfielders. Um, so that's great to see. He's actually picked up an injury, so he won't be playing in this game. Um, but yeah, very, very good um, central midfielder can play deep or can play a bit further up creating chances. Um, we've also signed recently um, uh, Reda or Rida Kadra. Um, from Brighton on loan. He lit up the championship last season playing for Blackburn Rovers. Uh, very excited to see him play. Um, so, yeah, Kadra, um, Doyle, two very, very good kind of top-end championship players, players that could possibly play uh, in the Premier League as well. Tommy Doyle being the under-21s captain too, takes all the set pieces. So, like I said, Tommy Doyle's not going to play in this game, but we've brought in some players. Um, I think we're going to bring in a few more before the end of the transfer window, but obviously not going to play in this game, I wouldn't have thought. I think if if I think if this game would have come a bit later on, I think we'd have been in really, really good stead because Doyle would be back and Kadra would be a bit closer to starting this game. I don't think he's going to start. I think he'll come off the bench because... Yeah, I think it was eight or nine games towards the end of last season. Um, he was injured. And then it's kind of like trying to get yourself back fit. And then he, he needs minutes under his belt as well. So uh, I think it'll be pretty much the same season, uh, same team that ended last season um, with Brewster coming back in because Brewster was injured at the back end of last season as well. So he'll more than likely be starting. And uh, yeah, as I say, it's going to be mostly uh, the team that, ended the season last season with uh, Anel Ahmed Hodzic um, probably starting as well. I've, I've done that twice in a row. I feel really <laughs> proud of myself. I was just going to say, 
do you is one of them like a standout signing? Is there a lot of hopes for one of them? Because obviously you've you've lost more Morgan Gibbs White this season as well. He's gone back to Wolves, who you had on loan last season and ripped yeah. up the championship. Such a good talent that guy is. But do you see one of these guys that you've brought in to step up and fill his his void that he's left behind? Um Nobody can replace Morgan Gibbs White. Messi couldn't mm. replace Morgan Gibbs White. <laughs> Such a fantastic player. Um, the thing with, with Morgan Gibbs White was it wasn't just a flair player. It was fantastically gifted in that department, but also he dug in as well. And I feel mm. like that is something that we're going to miss. If the team weren't playing well, he would pick us up from his knees and create something or do something. And I, I do think we don't have anyone like Morgan Gibbs White, but uh, Rita Kadra. Um, really is somebody that has that flair. He's got more pace than Morgan Gibbs-White. I think he will be more dangerous when it comes to being on the break. Gibbs-White, even though he's got all the um, attributes in the world, he didn't have that little bit extra pace. We don't really have any... We haven't had any pace for such a long time in this Sheffield United team. So it'd be nice to see Rita Kadra in there running at defenders because, yeah, like I say, we, we under Chris Wilder, we never played with wingers. We've started to kind of play attacking midf- or more attacking midfielders uh, than we ever have done. Uh, we have played wingers uh, under Slavisi Kanovic, but we never really had those players to play those positions. Uh, it's looking like Rida Kadra will probably play as an attacking midfielder, but throughout the season, maybe we might pick up another winger and we might try and kind of play uh, him a bit further wide. But I do think that, yeah, Kadra is going to be one of those players that's in the Morgan Gibbs-White mould but also Tommy Doyle uh, can play that role. Maybe not quite as um, effective as Morgan Gibbs-White, but at the end of the day, he he created so many chances last season. I'm just wondering whether we play Tommy Doyle in a a defensive role or an attacking role when when he's fit. Yeah, and obviously looking, staying with this season, it's obviously your aims are to go back up. Do you think you've got the chance to do it through playoffs? Do you think maybe more automatics? What what are the aims for this season coming? It's it's a tough one, really. I think that every Sheffield United fan would say we want top two. Mm-hmm. But I think we've got it in us to do it. Not sure whether we've got the creative side of the game down because I think we had Wes Fodderingham last season in the goal, let in barely any goals. We, he when he came in, he had by far the best um, clean sheet percentage um, out of anyone. Um, He'd only played kind of um, two-thirds of a season, um, but kept so many clean sheets. That's obviously not just down to him, but down to the defence as well. I think we'll have a really solid defence next season again, or this season coming. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just whether we've got that cutting edge to create those chances. I think we've got the strikers for it. I think Billy Sharp would score goals. As long as someone's putting it on his head or on his foot in the box, he will always score goals. It doesn't matter how old he is or how, like, if he, if he kind of loses a yard of pace or whatever, he's always going to score those goals. Um, we've obviously got uh, Rian Brewster as well, who's not had a great time at Sheffield United, but I still think he's got a lot to give, and I think he will score goals this season as long as he doesn't get injured like he did last season. Um and I think we will bring in another t- attacking threat, whether it's a, an attacking midfielder or a striker. So that's the only bit I'm worried about. I think we will comfortably finish top six. I think we've got a good enough team for that. I think the team spirit seems great. The manager, um, he did okay in his career at Barnsley and, and then fell away a little bit at Leeds. Um, and then in, I think it was Hibbs in, in Scotland. Uh, but he seems to have uh, got his mojo back. Um yeah, he, he did really well for us in the Premier League uh, in that terrible, terrible season that we had. Uh, he came in and kind of picked the lads up and uh, we won a few ga- uh, games towards the end of the season. So the the managers, I don't think he's the greatest manager in the league. However, I do think he's got he's the best person for that job right now. No, it's definitely seemed to get the best out of those bunch of boys. Yukanovic um, did seem to struggle and it has definitely improved a lot under Heckingbottom. He seems like a proper Yorkshireman as well, doesn't he? He's got that Yorkshireman connection as well, which you Blaze fans must be absolutely loving as well. 
Yeah, he's got a Barnsley accent, which we're not too happy about. But um, <laughs> no, we, uh, we we like we like Paul Hackingbottom. The only pro- well, the two problems: Barnsley accent played for Sheffield Wednesday, but ah. we've taken him to our heart. Uh, he's been at the club quite a while now. He, he was um, the youth team manager, whether it was the 23s or the 21s. He was the that's where he came through. So when Chris Wilder. Um, well, when we part of company with Chris Wilder, he came in and and uh, steadied the ship. Probably thought he got a good chance of getting the job, but then obviously we went for Slavisi Kanovic, who's been there and done that, got the promotions under his belt. Uh, but Paul Heckingbottom, like you just said, uh, Ben, really does get the best out of this group of players. Like we've got a lot of got a lot of experience, but also we've got a few young players that he's great at bringing through because he's been there and done that. He's coached them through. Like, for instance, Illiman Njai, he's a fantastic talent that I'm sure will play really, really well again this season and, and get a lot of goals and get a lot of assists. And he brought him through uh, in the under-23s. And uh, it's nice to see kind of him come through and step up. And also we're giving other players uh, a good chance, like Will Asula, Daniel Jefferson. You might not have heard, heard of these names, but they are young strikers coming through both those two have got a lot of potential. I think uh, Will Asula was um, spoken about Newcastle and Liverpool being interested in him earlier on today. So uh, he's definitely won uh, uh, both of those really raw uh, talents up front. So one of those might break through and, and get a few games as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's an exciting time to be a Blade. It is. Who would you say is like the standout player to look out for this season for she- Sheffield United and maybe in this game on Monday? Well, there's two players, two attacking players, uh, Illiman Njai, who um, was fantastic for us last season. He really, really complimented Morgan Gibbs-White brilliantly. Obviously, Morgan Gibbs-White is not there anymore. Um, But when Morgan Gibbs-White wasn't playing, he got an injury um, last season. He went back to Wolves to to have it assessed. Illiman Njai really stepped up, and he really stepped up towards the end of last season when we were playing with no strikers. We were playing with literally... Um, three attacking midfielders as strikers and it was really weird to watch but he just kind of took that role on as the main striker he gets stuck in and he's just so talented he's so skillful on the ball Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do this season and um, a name that everybody talks about Sander Berger he is Fantastic, a fantastic footballer. He's got everything that a player needs. He's big, he's strong. He's very strong on the ball when he's running with it. Not strong on the ball any other, oh, sorry, not strong any other times. He's like six foot six, six foot seven, or whatever he is. And um, he jump when he jumps, he's five foot. Um, he also gets knocked off the ball really, really easily, like I said, when he's not on the ball. But when he's got that ball at his feet and he's running at teams, he's very, very dangerous. And uh, he must scare the living daylights out of some defenders. Um, but we don't see it enough from him. He gets lost in games sometimes. So I think sometimes somebody, if somebody gives him a kick early, that can either put him into his shell or that can spur him on and he can really kind of go for the jugular. So those are my two picks for this game. I don't think Billy Sharp will be fit enough um, to start this game. He may be on the bench and he may be uh, coming on in that second half to uh, to put a bit of pressure on if we're losing or or trying to hold the ball up if we're winning. Uh, but uh, yeah, those are my two, Sander Berger and Illiman Njai. Happy days. Well, obviously you guys, it's not been that long that you guys come down from the Premier League back into the Championship. We've obviously fresh from that feeling. So you might be best placed to answer this, but what do you think about Watford this season? Obviously, we've just come down. What are your thoughts? How do you think we'll do? Do you think we'll bounce straight back up? Or do you think, you, from experience, will we maybe have to settle for this division for a couple of seasons and come back up? You don't want to hear what I've got to say because, <laughs> um, obviously, we've got a new manager. <laughs> new, new manager, we came down, new manager, it didn't work out. That obviously mm. doesn't say that it's going to happen to Watford, mm. but um, we've recently seen that. We've recently seen that we were thinking we were going straight back up. We've got one of the best teams in this league. This was last season, obviously, thinking that. We've got a very, very good manager um, who has been there and done it, and things got toxic really, really quickly. Uh, until Morgan Gibbs-White came in and, and, and was just a bright spark, even with him in the side, 
um, and Indai coming through, we we still weren't, I don't know, he was just playing players out of position. And I think that's something to really kind of think of, that the manager, that first of all, you guys are coming down, losing a lot of games last season, which every team does when they get relegated. It's it's about that bounce back, isn't it? And you guys are great at the bounce back. Um, and um, yeah, it just depends. I think the manager's a big, big question mark. To be honest, I think he's a good manager. I think he's got. He's obviously had success, or or you wouldn't have appointed him. But it just it's whether kind of he wants to change things, um, and it doesn't quite work. It, it just depends. But I think you've got a fabulous team, and um, I think based on the team you've probably got, well, one of the three top teams in the, in the league, really. Right. We're going to come to you a bit later on about predictions, but yeah, I'm quite interested to see what you, where you maybe place Watford in the league. Um, but looking at that Watford squad, you've said Watford got a decent team. Is there a player in that squad you look at and you go, wouldn't mind him in the Sheffield United side? Mm-hmm. Emmanuel Dennis, obviously, <laughs> fantastic, yeah. fantastic player. It's the same players. I'm going to say Saar, obviously as well. Two very mm-hmm. exciting attacking players. Um. I'm trying to think back now to last season. I'll tell you what, a lot of the start of last season, I didn't want to watch Match of the Day. I didn't want to watch Quest just because we were so bad. And I fell out of love with football <laughs> when Jukanovic was the manager and then got back into it in the second half of the season. Obviously, going to every match and watching us lose and stuff like that. So I didn't really watch Watford too much, to be honest. I know uh, the main players, those two that I've just said. Um, whether. I think we've got Watford at a bad time because those two guys may not be there at the end of the transfer window. So I think we may get the brunt of that and, and see them um, maybe playing for a transfer or something like that. So I am really, really not looking forward to playing Watford <laughs> on the first game of the season at, um, at Vicarage Road. Well, we, we might as well get it out of the way now then. what What's your score prediction for the game? I've already done a score prediction of one all. I think that that's, that would be a positive result for us. I think you guys are obviously going for the three points. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can win this game. I, that doesn't mean to say that we will win this game. I think that we, we've we not had the best of pre-seasons, but that, always doesn't, that doesn't always mean anything. We've, mm-hmm. we've beaten teams. We've lost to teams. Um, it all changes on Monday night um, under the lights, as people like to say. And, um, yeah, it just depends which Sheffield United turns up, how we start the game. Um, I've, Like I said, I've gone for one all. Um, I don't think we're going to score two, three, four goals in this game. I think we're going to try and keep it uh, tight for the first kind of half an hour, feel our way into the game, and then try and sneak a goal and maybe hold on to it. I think we are one of the better teams in this division. Um, but when you're playing a team that has just come down with all the stars that you've got, I think we've got to kind of just try and hold on, like trying to hold on to something. Do not lose this first game of the season because that can start the slippery slope. You're saying you're not looking forward to playing Watford at the weekend. Um, we can equally say we're not looking forward to facing you guys at the weekend. Uh, we would have liked to maybe like a Reading um, to yeah. ease ourselves back into a championship, but <laughs> to face a United side under um, Hecking Bottom, who's done fantastic at your club. You've, you've strengthened your squad this summer as well. Yeah, really could not have wanted to play Sheffield United, um, but it's reassuring to hear that you've maybe got a few injury doubts that maybe Watford can edge it, but I think it's going to be a tough one. Um, might I'll come for you, score protection? I knew you were going to do this. Um, yeah, <laughs> look, we, we, um, we, as Ben said, it's a tough start. We've got you boys, West Brom and Burnley for the first three. Talk about baptism of fire back in the championship. Uh, but get your hard ones Man, out of the way early. So. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, it, it's going to be tough. I think purely because we're at home, look, we, we had such a fantastic home record in the championship last time out. I, I, I think we're going to sneak it 2-1. Uh, but if, if Emmanuel Dennis and Saar both play, then I think we, we can win. If, if they don't, then I think I'd take a draw. But I think we're going to sneak it 2-1. I think Ishmael Asar is going to stop the score. And do you know what? I'm going to go a bit rogue here. I'm going to say Ray Menage is going to come off the bench and uh, score the winner. And uh, the fans are going to take to him like a duck to water already. So, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Ben? 
Uh, I was hoping you weren't going to ask me that. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually going to be a bit boring and join Nick with a 1-1. Um, okay. Yeah, sitting on the fence. No, I, I don't see us losing the game, but equally, I don't see us having enough to win the game. Um, it is, it, I think both sides are going to fill each other out. They'll both not want to lose their first game of the season as well. Um, so I think it's important for them to both co- maybe come away with a point. So I'm going to stick with 1-1 and maybe a Jal Pedro goal for Watford. Um, but before we go, Nick, we are going to throw you under the bus even further, unfortunately. Uh, we, we used to get opposition fans back on and do these preview shows, but we didn't do them last season. But when we did it um, back in the Championship, we was asking the opposition fans for their three to go up and their three to go up, uh, three to go down. Um, so we're going to, you're going to kick it off this season and be our first one to give their predictions. Uh, we'll, we'll maybe go to the bottom three first before we go to um, the top three. Um, so, so what's your um, bottom three to go down this season? Well, you've not thrown me under the bus because I literally did a championship prediction <laughs> table about three days ago. So. Um, I can't even remember who I said to be honest. I know who's going to be bad this season. I know that Rotherham are going to struggle to stay up. Uh, mm. I, 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 I like Rotherham. They've got they keep going up and down, up and down. Such a yo-yo between League One and Championship uh, team. Paul Warren, very very good manager. He just mm. doesn't get backed enough. Um, I hope they stay up, but I can't see Rotherham staying up. I don't want to be one of those people that says they're going to finish bot- rock bottom because that's so easy to predict because Rotherham just keep going down. Um, but I think that Wigan will stay up. I think it'll probably be Reading. I said Birmingham City, which is a bit of a rogue one. I don't think they're all over the place at the moment with um, who's going to be owning the club and, and what have you. Um, they can't keep all the players. I think Birmingham are going to go down. Redden are going to go down and Rotherham are going to go down. Interesting. Um, Mike, I know we've both done our predictions. We've not released it yet. We'll pop it onto Twitter maybe tomorrow. So Uh what's your three to go down? My three is exactly the same as Nick's. Not in that order. No, honestly, honestly, honestly. (laughs) um, My order is Redden Rock Bottom. Which is awkward because Reading uh, podcast asked me to do a write up the other day and asked who I think is going to go down, and I said, "Yeah, unfortunately, I've got you guys rock bottom, so they might not be asking me again." Uh, so yeah, I've got <laughs> Reading, Rotherham, and then Birmingham. Uh, just on Birmingham, I'd be gutted for Troy and Eustace if they went down, but then I couldn't mm. care less for the rest of them. Like I hope they do, um, <laughs> but yeah, they're my three to go down. Well, have you got yeah. them? Um, I'm different to you two, actually. Um, okay, okay. But I have done. I'm sorry, Nick. I have put Rotherham to finish bottom because it's easy <laughs> to do it. Uh, but I, I, same with you. I'd like them to stay up. I, I, we did Rotherham away a few years back and really enjoyed it. Um, first time I went to New York as well. So yeah, tip that off. <laughs> um, but yeah, Reading to finish second bottom, and then I've done Wigan Athletic to finish third bottom. I think Birmingham will just stay up only because I think their investment might come in at the right time, and they might be able to make some decent signings um, I think they're waiting for a couple more weeks before it gets signed up so that's the only reason why I've done that um, but yeah you're free to go up um, Nick um, I went Burnley top which uh, it's, it's a weird one because some have got Burnley top some have got Burnley outside the playoffs so mm. it's a weird one Burnley will either win the league and smash everyone in sight or they might have a, a, a struggle to start off with, but I think a lot of pe- a lot of fans forget all the quality Premier League footballers that they've got that that kept them up for so many years. Like for instance, um, Jack Cork, Brownhill, players like that that aren't going anywhere. They're going to be playing all season long, and they're very very steady Premier League players that possibly could have. Um, Somebody could have signed like a Forest. Forest don't care about steady Premier League players, though. They want to go for wild um, foreign signings. But um, but no, they. I think they're going to be really good. I think everyone's kind of forgetting about um, how strong they've been for such a long time. They've not really lost. They've obviously lost the defence and the keeper. They've replaced okay in those areas. Scott Twine is a fantastic signing. Um, spent a lot of money on him. If he does flop, though. Um, that's a lot of money on 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 a League One flop, but I think he's going to do really well. It's it's yeah, it's question marks on Vincent Company, but uh, mm. I, I've gone for Burnley top 
Uh, second, I've gone for Norwich, which is, I think it's a bit of a boring one. I think everyone goes Norwich top, which now I've just said that, I think Ben's probably going to go Norwich top. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of, uh, so many people are going Norwich top anyway, but I don't think they're the, the, the same side as they were who like going up in the past. Daniel Farker, I think, was fantastic manager, really, really poor decision to sack him. Um, I don't think Dean Smith is the same manager. I, I don't think with without Emi Buendia, uh, I don't think they're going to be the same team as they have been in previous seasons when they've got promoted. Uh, so I've got those two uh, for top two. Sorry, guys. And then I've actually gone, I went Watford third, Sheffield United fourth, and we've never been up in the playoffs. We've never got promoted in the playoffs before. So I've gone for us getting promoted in the playoffs. Okay. It's got to happen at some point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mike, what's your um, three, three teams to go up? Yeah, I went boring with the top one. I think Norwich will walk the lead. I really do. I, <laughs> I keep calling you guys boring. I'm sorry <laughs> about that. <laughs> no, I, I get your point. And I think Emi Buendia was a fantastic footballer. He really, really was. Um, but I just think that Dean Smith, he, he's done it in the championship before. Um, if they keep hold of Timo Puki, looks like they're going to. He scores for fun in this league. Um, Todd Cantwell looks like he's going to be back in the picture. He was frozen out a little bit last season. Um, but it will be interesting to see how that missing void in the form of Emi Buendia is going to be and how significant it will be. But I just I, I think that they're set up now to just be too good for the Championship but not good enough for the, the, the Premier League. And their owners seem happy with that, which if they were our owners and they were happy with going up, going down, going up, going down. I know, technically speaking, we would be a yo-yo team if we were to go straight back up now. But the fact that their owners are happy at that model is a little bit concerning. Um, I'm going to please Nick on the next one. I've gone Sheffield United to finish second. Uh, I, I, I genuinely think that you guys were in, incredible uh, last season. And like I said, if it wasn't for Bruce Sambra having an absolute, you know, marvellous game against you boys in uh, the city ground. I think you'd have been up, you'd have beat Huddersfield in the playoffs uh, final, no doubt about it. Um, I I haven't picked the playoff winner yet, so I'll just tell you my playoffs. I've gone Middlesbrough third, Burnley fourth, Watford fifth and West Brom sixth. I don't know who's going to win the playoffs. Um, we won we, a decision, Mike. We won a nine. Yeah, I know. I've only seen us winning the playoffs once, so it's and, and we've been in the playoffs in my lifetime, I think four times possibly off the top of my head. So, um, or, or five if you count 99. Maybe Middlesbrough. I think Chris Wilder, I'm sure Nick could probably go on a complete different segment about Chris Wilder and how good he is. I think he's got a full season at uh, Middlesbrough and I, I think they're going to do really, really well. Uh, I know they are possibly going to be losing Tavernier, who's quite a good player for them. But I, I think that they're regardless they'll still do really really well uh so yeah the it will be the top three that will go up so norwich sheffield united and middlesbrough if you were to push me however if we do sign a number nine and a, a proper right wing back i think we'll possibly uh sneak promotion so uh what about yourself ben uh i've gone for norwich city to win the league as well um yeah. they just do it every time they're in that division don't they, they make it yeah. look easy and like you say if they, if they need to sort of add they're just not good enough for the Premier League and I think they're just too good for the Championship. I, I know they've lost Brendia, so that quality will go down, but I still think they've got enough to win the division. Um, they've got the Championship players with their know-how. I think they've just signed a Brazilian player for about £8 million as well, so it'd be interesting to see how he settles in the Championship as well. But yeah, I think Dean Smith is probably... He, he knows what to do in the, the Championship. He got Aston Villa promoted. Um, he's done very well at Brentford as well so I've got them to win the league I've actually got Middlesbrough to come second um, I think Chris Wilder I think the manager himself gets them promoted I think he's mm -hmm. outstanding um, yeah. really good squad is building there um, <laughs> and then I've, I've, I haven't picked a, a, a team to go up in a championship yet in the playoffs but I've, I've done Sheffield United third Watford fourth West Brom fifth and then I've actually put Swansea City sixth um, if they get a few more signings, I think they've got the goals up front with John Carew. Um, all they just need is a couple more solid um, signings. Who's going to be the playoff winners then? 
I'm actually you going to go for United, and I'm not just doing that because yeah. Nick's here. I think yeah. they've got a really strong squad, and I think they're good enough to go up. And I'm fortunate not to get promoted last season. So, yeah, it's Sheffield United for me to get promoted as well. We don't win in the playoffs. We don't win in the playoffs. <laughs> I don't even know why I said it myself, but we always bottle it, always. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's it. Um Cheers, Nick. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, thank you for waiting patiently in the waiting room as well. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. No problem at all. Uh, I've really enjoyed speaking to you, boys. Oh, nice one. And if you want to go over and um, follow Nick, he's on Twitter, their pages, um, at Chef United Way. Um, you can find him on there. Give him a follow. Um, have you got a YouTube channel as well, as well, Nick? Yeah, uh, Chef United Way. Simple. Nice Everything. and easy. I like Everything <laughs> Chef United Way. <laughs> As Brilliant. you can see just behind me there, the pillow, Sheffield United way. way. <laughs> but yeah, no, I really appreciate you joining us tonight. And Mike, that's that's another episode wrapped up. Um, we'll be back, everyone, on Tuesday evening because we're playing Monday. And we do have a special guest lined up as well. Um, again, like I said at the start of the show, not going to give away yet who it is, but we're excited to get this gentleman on as well. Um, yeah, really excited about this. And this season... Yeah. There's good things coming to the voices of Vic. We've already had a Watford player come on, Christian Cabaselli, that we interviewed a few weeks ago. Hopefully, maybe we'll get another Watford player on that we can actually interview as well. But yeah, thank you for your support to everyone. If you're watching on YouTube, go give it a like. Go um, hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends. T- tell your missus. Tell everyone, basically. Tell the neighbour. Get everyone on the voices of Vic. And yeah, we'll be back on Tuesday. Um, take care, everyone, and see you later. And come on, you horns. Sports Social Podcast Network.